What's up, church? You guys feeling good? You sound good. Hey, uh, if this is your first time, raise your hand. First time with us at Red Rocks. Red Rocks, put your hands together for our first time visitors. We're so glad that you're here. A little bit about us. We are one church. We meet in seven locations. Uh, Littleton, Lakewood, Evergreen, Arvada, Brussels, Belgium. What's up, Brussels? We love you guys. Uh, Colorado Territorial Correctional Facility and the Denver Women's Correctional Facility. Two uh, prison ministries that we have. What's up, guys? We love you guys so much. Men and women at our GBB campuses, you are every bit as much a part of this church family as those of us sitting in this room right now. We're glad you're with us today. We love you guys. So thanks for joining us. And happy Father's Day weekend. Dads, what's up? Can we make some noise for the dads? Being a dad is like the most awesome, impossible thing I've ever tried to do. Like it's crazy. And so dads, I love you. I honor you. I respect you. Um, I hope to encourage you today. I'm going to do something today on Father's Day weekend that I've never done before um, as a pastor. And I want to, I want you to know this message is going to be for everybody. Don't worry about that. But I want to talk specifically to the dads in a few areas today. I'm going to give you um, what I think are some things that we as dads can focus on if we want to be really good dads. And the truth is, is I always shy away from talks like that because I kind of feel like I shouldn't be giving advice on how to be a dad. I need to be listening to somebody give advice on how to be a dad. And the uh, truth is, it's why I get real nervous around marriage series that we do, because I always tell Chad the same thing. I'm like, dude, I don't need to be telling anybody how to have a good marriage. Like, I need counseling. You know what I mean? Like, I need to listen to somebody talk about this stuff. So I don't come to you today from the perspective of somebody who thinks, man, I got it all figured out. I'm a dad. I'm in the battle with you. The struggle is real. And so I want to just talk to us as fathers, um, and I want to encourage you guys. But know this, whether you're a student, a dad, a mom, a, a grandparent, a gonna-be-a-dad, a, a wanna-be-a-dad someday, whatever, this message is going to be for every single one of us. So if you have a Bible, flip open to Matthew chapter 3. We're going to start in Matthew. Um, this is what we're about to read about. Jesus was going to get baptized. And he's going to go out to John the Baptist. And some of you already know this story. And John the Baptist uh, sort of freaks out. And Jesus is like, hey, you need to baptize me. And he's like, mm -mm, no, you're God. I'm not going to do that. Like, that's not going to happen. And he's like, no, you need to baptize me. And John says, all right, let's do it. And then at the end of this passage, there's this, this amazing exchange between God the Father and his son, Jesus. And I think it's going to speak to us parents, but it's also going to speak to every single one of us about how our heavenly father feels about us. All right, so you ready? All right, let's go. Matthew 3. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, mm -mm, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Listen to this. Here it is. And a voice from heaven said, 
This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I was sitting in my office recently with a guy who was about to become a dad for the first time. And some of you know that feeling. You remember that. Some of you have been dead so long you forgot that feeling. But I bet if you tried, you could remember what it was like. And he was sitting there. And you know how sometimes when we get real nervous, we do the thing where you kind of laugh and you kind of cry at the same time. You know what I mean? He was like, it's like yeah, I'm going I'm to be, be a dad, you know. And I don't, I don't really know what to do. <laughs> you know? And I was like, here's a, here's a Kleenex, you know, um, let's talk. And, and he said, what do I do? And I said, look, in, in my humble opinion, if you want to be a really good dad, here's what I think. And, and, you know, it's funny because had he asked me this before I was a dad, I would have had different answers. Because before I was a dad, before I ever had children, I was a great parent in my mind. Isn't that true? I was an amazing parent before I had kids. In fact, I would see crying kids, you know the deal, in like a store or on a plane and be like, come on, be a parent. You know what I mean? Take care of that. And then you have a kid and you're like, I'm so sorry to everybody. I mocked. I was an amazing parent of teenagers until I had a teenager. I used to be a youth pastor. Parents would call me and they'd be like, hey, can you, can you please talk to my to my teenager? And I would say yes, because it was my job, right? But in my mind, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking like, I wouldn't have to if you were doing your job at home. <laughs> I was an amazing parent of teenagers before I ever had children. Now I have a teenager. I call our youth pastors like every other day. I'm like, please oh, talk to my kids. <laughs> they roll their eyes. They play Fortnite. They won't hug me. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, so, had he asked me before I had kids, I would have had great answers. Like, you need to provide in a certain way. And you need to, as a, as a really good dad, you need to be able to impart wisdom. And you need to be able to guide your children through the most difficult seasons of life. But see, now I've had children, and so now my advice is different. <laughs> I said, if you want to be a really good dad. Before I tell you what I told him. As a dad, I have coached almost everything coachable, all right? I've coached baseball, football, basketball, soccer. I coached lacrosse. That was funny. I was an assistant lacrosse coach. I'd never even seen a lacrosse game. I'm from Kansas, okay? In fact, we got scored on. This kid, this big kid, number five, came through the middle. First game, scores on us. I bring the whole team together on the bench. I'm like, boys, boys, come here, come here, come here. Somebody needs to knock number five on his butt. Trust me, when number five comes through the middle, you lay him out once. He won't come back through the middle. Now who's with me? Everybody put it in here. And the, the real coach comes over and he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no kids, no kids. Coach Sean, this is non-contact youth lacrosse. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's my bad. That's my bad, coach. That's my bad, kids. Okay, coach, I got you. And he walked away and I was like, hey. <laughs> Hit five. So, so I'm coaching my son Austin in baseball. Austin was going to play first base. It's his first time to play baseball. And, and so he's like, Dad, what do I do? And I'm like, well, son, like, I don't want to brag, but I played a little first base. <laughs> little league. <laughs> and uh, so, so I'm telling him, here, son, if you want to be a really good first baseman, here's what you do is before the first game. 
And I started telling him about how to, how, to, how to handle a ground ball and how to get a, bend his knees and get your butt down and get your mitt on the ground and don't let the ball play you. You play the ball. And I'm showing him how to hold a runner on and here's how you hold the runner on. But if the pitcher starts towards home, I want you to get off the bag and I want you to get back in position to be able to field the ground ball. I talked him through the stretch. I talked him through how to keep your foot on the bag and make a backhand. Come here, son. Let me take you under my wing. Let me show you how to be a really good first baseman, okay? First game comes. Kid hits the ball to shortstop, shortstop, fields the ball, turns around, makes a great throw to first, ball's on its way to first, and it's like it was happening in slow motion. I'm sitting on the bench at this point, and I know what's going to happen in my mind. Like, my son's going to make that backhanded stretch. I can see it. It's about to happen. And then I'm going to be like, yeah, what's up? To all the parents, like, what's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah, I taught him that. That was me. Uh Uh-huh, that's me. That's me. Come on. Like, in my mind, this is going to be glorious. The ball's heading to first. And then it goes right over first base, off into a field. And the kid who hits it scores a home run. And I'm like, what? And all of a sudden, about the time the kid gets to home plate, my son comes running back to the field. He had left first base in the middle of the play. I said, son, what are you doing? He said, I had to pee. I said, in the middle of an inning? He said, yeah. I said, son, l- let me rewind. See, I missed a step with you. There's, I need to go back to the basic. There's something, before I got into all the nuances of how to be a really good first baseman, you know what you need to do if you want to be a really good first baseman, son? You got to be there. <laughs> you know what I told the guy sitting in my office? who said, what do I need to do to be a really good dad? I said, you want to be a really good dad? You got to be there. I said, you show up and you try hard and you got this. Because see, I believe that the God of the universe, dads and moms, has hardwired us to be exactly what we are. That's why we leave the hospital with no owner's manual. Because we know all we got to do is show up and try hard and you're going to be an amazing dad. You're going to be an amazing mom. Because the God of the universe has already put it inside of you. And let me just talk to a second to the struggling parents. And if you're a parent, you're a struggling one. (laughs) I know what it feels like and so do you. To be trying real hard and then you have all these head games of like, am I ruining my child? Like, what am I doing wrong? And I don't know what to say, and I don't know what to do, and I, and I lost my temper, and I didn't handle that right, and I bet I screwed that up, and I wonder if I'm screwing them up, right? And I, I just want to remind you today, if you're a parent, a single mom, a single dad, a divorced mom, a divorced dad, a married mom, a married dad, an adoptive parent, a foster parent, a gonna-be-a-parent, If you'll just show up, try real hard and say, God, you lead me and guide me, you're going to do an amazing job at being a parent. You got everything you already need if you just decide to be there. When I I first moved to Denver and, and me and some friends got together and started Red Rocks Church, we didn't have paychecks for a long time. So we all worked at other jobs. I had a Short stint at Starbucks. 
as an over 30-year-old with a college degree, I had an 18-year-old boy tell me to wear matching socks and about lost my mind one day. That's a whole different story. My socks were matching, by the way, but it doesn't matter. I'm not still in counseling over it. Who cares? I was a chaplain at St. Luke's Hospital for a long time. And I was an overnight chaplain, and, and I had a pager. Can you believe that people used pagers in our lifetime? That happened. Remember that? I had a pager, and anytime someone at the hospital would flatline, anytime someone would die, my pager would go off, and I would go up to the hospital in the middle of the night, two in the morning, three in the morning, four, all night long, every time I worked. Well, I went to train with the chaplain who was giving me the job, and we were going into people's rooms who had just lost loved ones. And I was watching her do the whole thing. And I just stood in the back and cried in every room, every time. And then we'd train for like three days. And then she goes, go get them. And I was like, whoa, 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 no, I'm not ready. Kind of like we feel when we leave the hospital with our first child. Like what? what are you? They just wheel the mom out and like, go get them. That's pretty much what happens. Right? Like, I'm not ready for this. And I told her, I said, well, what, I don't, like, what, what, what if they, what if they're crying? What, what do I do? And what, what if they, what if they want to hug? What if they don't want to hug? What if they want to talk? What if they want advice? What if they're falling apart? What if they're angry? Like, I don't know what to do. You know what she told me? You just be there. She said, Sean, this is called a ministry of presence. You don't have to know what to say every time. You don't have to know what to do every time. You will make mistakes. You will walk away from situations and go, I could have done that one different. But let me tell you this, if you just decide ahead of time, I'll be there with you, the ministry of presence will happen and the creator of the universe will work through you and do ministry through you because you've decided to be present. And that's what happens as parents. And I just want to say, if you're a parent and you're showing up and you're trying I believe the God of the universe wants to say, well done. Way to go. You're doing so much right. You're doing so much good. You're doing so much ministry. And I believe you'd also say, thank you. Thank you, parents. You want to be a really good dad, guys? Be there. Second thing is speak life. Speak life into your children. Let's go back to that last verse we read. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Notice what he says there. He says, I love you and I'm proud of you. And I think every child on the planet ought to be annoyed to death with those two statements. I love you and I'm proud. As they roll their eyes, as they give us limp-armed hugs, as they get too cool, as they get embarrassed in front of their friends, I think we ought to annoy our kids to death with I love yous and I'm proud of yous. Proverbs 18:21 The tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. We can speak life into our children. I was listening to a message this week 
there's a, there's a pastor that I listen to. I listen to a bunch. That's what I do every time I go to the gym. I just put on a sermon. And there's this one guy in particular that I listen to a lot. His name's Judah. And a lot of you will know who he is. And, and he, this guy, he goes around. Not only is he just like anointed and, and just great at what he does and hilarious. And he goes, he goes around the world and speaks to stadiums of thousands of people about God. Never looks at a note, which just ticks me off. Like, it just makes me angry watching him. He's so good. But I was listening to this message, and, you know, studies will show that one of the biggest fears as, that we have as people is public speaking. Like, it scares people to death, right? And here this guy goes into stadiums, doesn't even look at a note, and he's just really good at what he does. And he was talking about where his confidence comes from. And, and if you know his story, his dad has passed away. But he said, before my dad passed away, he said, nonstop, my whole life growing up. He said, I felt like every day, but it was nonstop. He said, my dad told me two things my whole life growing up. He said, son, people like you and they want to hear what you have to say. People like you and they want to hear what you have to say. People like you and they want to hear what you have to say. He said, I've heard it so much, I believe it. He said, I believe it so much, I can't wait to hear what I have to say. <laughs> Parents, we can speak life into our children. We can speak boldness into our children. We can speak courage into our children. We can speak confidence into our children. Dads, be there <laughs> and speak life. I have this prayer every, almost every night, as long as I'm there before the kids go to bed, we pray together. And I end my prayer almost every night the same. And my kids could probably quote it to you. And I pray for them to have peace and joy and purpose in this world. And then every night I end my prayer with, and God, I pray that you would remind these boys every single day how much you love them and how much I love them and how proud you are of them and how proud I am of them. Parents annoy him to death with I love yous and I'm proud of yous. Be there. Speak life. Dads. And I know, listen, I know that as soon as I say this one, this only applies to about half of us because about half of us have already been through divorces and experienced all kinds of family trauma, and I understand that. But if you're in a situation where there's a dad and a mom in the same house, then let me just say this. Just because that's not the case for a bunch of us, I don't want to ignore the fact that it is the case for some. Dads, let your children see you love their mama. There's safety in that. Ephesians 5.25, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Our kids take in so much more than we realize sometimes, don't they? And they know, they watch, they watch dad sacrifice for mom. They watch dad put mom ahead of himself. They watch dad put mom's dreams in front of his dreams. They watch a dad who says, I want to serve you. And I was talking to someone this week, and he said, you know what, growing up, we, went, we had all kinds of highs and lows in our family. And he said, my dad would tell you today that he wished he did a whole bunch of things different. And truth be told, I kind of wish my dad would have done some things differently. But he said, no matter what happened in my family, no matter what was going on with work, no matter what was going on with travel, no matter what was going on with our family, he said this, I always knew we were going to be okay because I knew my dad loved my mom. So I just knew, we got this. It's true, isn't it? 
I believe Ephesians 5 doesn't just show us how to build the foundation for a family, but it shows us how to build a foundation for a child. And if they'll see dad loving mom, there's a comfort and a peace and a, and a confidence that few other things can provide. And we can build a foundation for our kids to jump off of and chase their dreams. Dads, be there. Speak life. Let them see you love their mama. And let them see you lean on your God. Me and Ethan were coming home from a, from a basketball game several years ago. And uh, we pulled, we were on in, over by Belmar. And it was uh, the, the Alameda and Harlan. And we pulled into a Vietnamese grocery store. My son said, what are we doing, Dad? I said, son, my, my son has, has thought from as long as he was able to speak that he runs this place. So he loves to talk to me about the church. He goes, what are we doing? I said, I said bud, um... I'm stuck. The church has started growing and we're out of seats and we're out of room and we're out of money and I don't know what to do. I said, but this building's for sale. So would you pray with me? And so sat in my truck and grabbed my son's hand and we prayed together that God would do a miracle. And then I called the for sale sign. They said they wanted like, I don't even remember exactly now. It was like, I think around five million or something. And I said, how about two? <laughs> to my surprise, they weren't interested. <laughs> but they called back several months later. They said, how about four? I said, how about two? <laughs> they walked. They called back several months later. They said, how about three? I said, how about two? They said, 2.5. I said, 2.3. They said, done. It's our Lakewood campus today. Over 5,000 people will go to church there this weekend. <laughs> I went home and I told my son, I said, Ethan, remember that building that we prayed for? And see, we walked through the building that day. And because it was shutting down, they had freezers full of fish that had been unplugged. And I mean, you want to talk about a smell. And, and I went and I told my son and I said, son, God gave us the building. He said, dad, we're going to need a lot of Febreze. <laughs> See, my hope is, is that now later down the line in his life, when he feels stuck, he'll go, I don't know what to do. When my dad didn't know what to do, he would lean on God. So that's what I'll do. Dads, let your children, let's let our children watch us lean on our God. You want to be a really good dad, my humble opinion, be there. Speak life. Let them see you love their mama. And let them see you lean on your God. Ben, would you come up? I have a, a lengthy close, but I believe that this passage doesn't just speak to us as fathers and truth is mothers. But I believe this passage has something to say to every single one of us about what God the Father thinks about us today. 
Let's reread that last passage, that last verse. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. You know, God says the same thing to you today. He says, you're my child. And, and if you think about it as a parent, um, and we're going to look at this here in a second, this is a big event for Jesus. And he's about to go through some other big events. And, and God the Father, even though Jesus is fully God and fully man, and I know that kind of gives us a headache just to try to process, the Son of God in human form, and God says, I still need to remind my son from time to time. Hey, this is a big moment for you. You're about to have some big moments. Don't you ever forget. You're my child. I'm with you. I got you, right? That's what he's doing. I know you're Jesus. But don't ever forget. You're my child. I'm with you. I'm here. He went out of his way to make sure that Jesus knew my presence in a special way is here. I'm with you. I got you. And then he says, I love you and I'm proud of you. And I was sitting at, at my son's tennis game this Monday morning, sitting with Jill on a little hill. We're talking about this passage. And my wife, who is way smarter than me, she said, she said, isn't it interesting that God says this to Jesus in light of what happens next? I'm a pastor. So I went, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened next. <laughs> I couldn't remember. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I hear you. Great thought. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Getting out my phone app real quick. Like, See, one of, the, one of the great things about our Bible is that recently some people have divided it up into chapters and verses, right? And it helps us organize it. It helps us find parts of it. It helps us, you know, divide it up into bite-sized pieces. But the problem also is that sometimes we feel like those are actual dividing lines. And so what happens for me is a lot of times when I read the Bible, I get to the end of a chapter and I do what you do. I close it. But you know, when it was originally written, it wasn't in chapters and verses. It was all one fluid piece. And, and so I had never put, although when it was originally written, there's these two verses that literally are one right next to the other. I've never read them at the same time and tried to like put the connection there because it's in a different chapter. Must be about something different. Watch what happens in the very next verse, which originally was written right next to, you're my child and I love you and I'm well pleased. The very next verse, which we read as Matthew 4, 1, says this, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. To date, this would be the most difficult thing Jesus had ever faced on this planet. And God the Father knew, you're about to go through it. And when you go through it, there's something you gotta remember, son. 
Even Jesus needed to be reminded. The Father says, when you go through it, son, please remember, you're my child. I'm with you. I got you. I love you. I'm proud of you. We understand that. There's nothing we can't walk through. Right? And the truth is, is we're broken people living in a broken world, and we're all just sort of broken differently. And we all experience difficulties at different times, at different levels, but we all do. And maybe for some of you, it's right now. Maybe for some of you, it's going on now. And you've been going through it. Maybe for you, it is a breakup of a relationship. Maybe it is a fractured family. I know for some, Father's Day is such an amazing celebration the whole weekend, but for some, it's real painful. Because dad wasn't here, and dad didn't seem to care, and dad wasn't around, or dad passed, or the relationship is strained. Maybe for you today, it's, it's a different sort of relational issue. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's your career. Maybe you're about to be a parent. Maybe you're about to start a new career. Maybe you're about to step into something brand new and you've got this fear and anxiety going, what if? Listen, if Jesus himself needed to be reminded by the Father, don't you think we will too? Don't you think there will be times when every single one of us needs to hear that same thing? What are you going through right now? And would you let your heavenly Father, who listened for some of you this weekend, will be exactly what he said he is, a father to the fatherless. What if some of you need to hear your heavenly Father say, I know what you've been through. I know what you're stepping into. I know what you're going through. So don't you ever forget, you're my child. I'm with you. I got you. I love you. I'm proud of you. Now go get them because there's nothing you can't handle. <laughs> I believe that's the message to every single one of us today from our Heavenly Father. And what a great reminder on Father's Day weekend. Church, would you stand up? Let's pray. God, I thank you for everything that you have done for us through your son, Jesus. I thank you that through your son, Jesus, there is salvation, there is forgiveness, there is redemption, there is restoration. And God, as we, as we celebrate Father's Day weekend, I pray that you would help every single one of us be reminded that you're our heavenly Father, you're our perfect Father, that you're with us, that you love us, that you've got us, that you're proud of us, and yes, we can. I pray, God, that we would be reminded as we enter into worship with music, I pray today that we would be reminded of what great lengths you've went to to show us how much you love us, that there's nothing you won't do, there's nothing you haven't done, and there's nothing you won't get involved in today to continue to remind us, I love you, I'm with you, I'm proud of you, I got you. And we sing this and we celebrate this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Let's worship.